0: strength and conditioning professional requires constant pursuit of better knowledge, better methods, and better means. But what if there was a place where strength and conditioning coaches could learn from some of the most innovative practitioners in the world, such as Jeff Moyer, Lachlan Wilmot, William Wayland, James The Thinker Smith, and Kierwenham Flat? Well, you could find multiple lectures from each of these top-level coaches, and a few lectures and examples from yours truly as well, all in the strength coach network the strength coach network is going to bring you well over a hundred different lectures from some of the top practitioners in the world to be your one-stop shop for your continuing education and professional development so hop on over to strengthcoachnetwork.com slash today and get your 48-hour trial for only a dollar that's strengthcoachnetwork.com slash to get your 48-hour trial for only a dollar I look forward to seeing you in the Strength Coach Network. Welcome to this week's Eccentric Minute, brought to you by Eccentric. This week's Eccentric Minute is an exercise we call the K-Box Break Squats. This is an exercise that's kind of modified from one that Chris Corfus demonstrated in his sensational presentation at the seminar. To set up the K-Box for this, we use a belt, and we're going to make sure that the strap is long enough for us to get into full triple extension, all the way up on our big toes. From there, we're going to sit into a squat and spin the wheel, and we're going to drive as hard as we can up. The goal of this exercise, then, is to keep our posture up, drive ourselves up as hard as we can, and then stop as fast as possible without our heels hitting the ground. What we love about this exercise is how it trains that braking force, and for you to be strong in that stopping position to help carry over, to change of direction agility drills. Give this one a try. I'm sure it's one that your athletes will love and definitely see how it can be beneficial to their performance. I really hope you enjoyed this week's Eccentric Minute. Make sure you check them out at eccentric.com to find out everything you need about the K-Box and the K-Pulley. Coach, thank you so much for spending the time with us today. Thank you. I really appreciate you
1: having me on the show. Uh, It truly is an honor. So Thank you.
0: Well, I'm excited to get down and and kind of talk some some of the basics and the fundamentals of like what we've all kind of been through in these building situations and these growing situations. But before we get too far into this, let's let everybody know who you are, where you're at, and how you got to where you are today.
1: Yeah, definitely. Um, so my name is Guillermo Blanco. I currently coach at McKendrick University. Uh, I'm the head power lif- powerlifting coach and uh, an assistant strength and condition coach here. Um, quite, quite the journey. Um, I definitely think it's a little bit different than, than the most coaches out there. Uh, they'll, you know, they'll do an internship, they'll do a GA, and then they get an assistantship, and then eventually, obviously, had position. Uh, myself, a little bit different. Um, you know, I, unlike most coaches, I, I don't have the collegiate athletic experience. Um, you know, I did play football and, and I did track in high school. I did have the opportunity to, to play at the Division three level. I decided that, you know, it's time to hang up the cleats and um, kind of focus on academics. So I wanted to go the orthopedic uh, sports medicine route, um, you know, that didn't pan out, and decided to focus on physical therapy, went through all the um, prereqs and all that, and Got the different experiences of working in different settings, volunteering. Um, And again, that's something that, you know, wasn't my cup of tea. Um, And at the time, I was a student equipment manager for the football team um, at the University of Illinois. And um, the strength conditioning coach knew who I was, um, gave me the opportunity to intern under him. Um, And then you know, kind of from that, that year experience that I had with him, you know, it was just something, hey, I wanted to transition into and uh, in focus. Uh, with that, went to University of Louisville and got my master's in exercise physiology. They had a strength and conditioning uh, program there and actually got to learn under Tina Murray. Um, so that was an excellent experience. Um, taking all those courses and everything with her, Um, obviously graduated. And uh, while I actually did my undergrad, or excuse me, my graduate degree, um, had an internship with in the private sector um, in the Chicagoland area, that's originally where I'm from, and at Acceleration Sports Performance, and uh, got a job later on that year with them, Um, got to work with a a baseball team and then obviously groups of individual athletes basically from eight years old up until uh basically college age um got to work with them did that for a couple of years and uh, i had a colleague who uh, knew that i wanted to get back into the collegiate kind of setting and volunteered at a local university aurora university um, spent my time volunteering there for a semester Fortunately, I was brought on as an assistant um, and got to work with a, a bunch of teams, at about 24 some teams, and basically worked with every team. That was a tremendous experience. Um, and then was there for two years, and now I'm here at McHenry, going on my third year. Um, so lots, lots of different uh, settings that I worked in, uh, high school, private sector, collegiate setting. Um, you know, it's probably the, the one I enjoy the most, definitely.
0: But then in this situation, right, like a lot, I mean, and I was actually recruited to play Division two soccer back in the day. Like the Division two athletics is something that I think a lot of people overlook. Like, A, the quality of the kid that you're going to get as a player. And, and B, like the whole situation is completely unique. So let's get into a bit of the setup and how all the things work in that, in that area.
1: Yeah, um, so being at all three levels um, before, I would definitely say, at least here, the D2 model is definitely similar to D3 um, in the sense that academics obviously are gonna be a priority. Um, so in terms of like scheduling and um, working around class schedules and work and this and that, like it's definitely a lot on the kids, but, um, you know, we work with them. We work with the coaches, um, getting them in getting them in, and, and making sure they have kind of their team times. Um, but, you know, there's, there's still kids that are getting scholarships. There's, they have, you know, a lot of talent across the board and in all different sports. Um, you know, obviously size wise, like they're going to be a little bit bigger, a little bit stronger, a little bit faster coming in, uh, compared to, you know, someone at, at the division three level, not to knock, uh, that level at all. Cause I've been at it and, you know, I think I, I, I would definitely, you know, want to do that again sometime down the road, um, a little bit different, um, cause they're required to, to be there. Um, by sport coaches. So, but at the same time, my goal is to want make them want to be there, um, you know, because I do have a lot of kids that they come in as freshmen, never touched weight in their life before. And um, maybe they have and they just didn't like it in high school, or, you know, if they were like had a separate trainer or going to a, you know, private facility, whatever it is. Um, at the end of the day, my goal is to have them come in and want to be there getting better at their sport um so that's definitely part
0: of it um in terms of differences and then an awfully large amount of teams to have to juggle while being a head coach of a unique college sport
1: yeah um so the we have 30 some teams. I can't even count at the top of my head. I, I don't work with all of them, fortunately, because that would definitely be pretty uh, chaotic and stressful. But I do work with uh, women's lacrosse, men's women's track and field, men's women's tennis, cross country, uh, and then men's women's golf on top of powerlifting, uh, which you brought up here. Definitely a unique sport, um, you know, because their focus is obviously lifting um you know so i have to do deal with all the ins and outs of any other sport coach um you know recruiting um any administrative work uh on top of practice which you know i think in my end like it's it's fun just because it's something that i do like as well um you know i'm still actively competing uh in that sport and to be able to help some of these kids out and Be able to teach them everything that I've learned up to this point and kind of build that program, build that culture uh, on top of managing uh, other sports teams. It's it has its challenges, but it's definitely rewarding because I do get to do basically best in both worlds, in my opinion.
0: Oh, yeah. So now looking at the team, like this is really intriguing to me. how is that organized? Is it like a college thing? Is it a USAPL thing? Is it a different organization? Um, How does that go? And then like, what's the structure like, you know, like when you look at like other sports that train for a meet, like track, like you work with, they'll still have competitions mid year, but it's not like you can just plop a powerlifting meet, four times during a semester to prep for the main one. I mean, I wouldn't yeah. think, right? Yeah, so um,
1: it's a little bit of both. You touched up on it, uh, both USAPL and um, school things. So a lot, of, a lot of schools don't recognize powerlifting as a varsity sport It is here. Um, there's only a handful across the country that, that do that within their athletic department. Uh, most are just, you know, clubs that are formed. Um, for example, I, I went to the University of Illinois, and they have a club team there. You know, um, you, you got to join that club. Whereas here, like, we're actively recruiting kids to to come here. Um, and then within that, we're competing within the USAPL. It's the most competitive organization uh, at the collegiate setting. Um, <clears throat> basically, our the goal that we're training for year in year out is collegiate nationals, which is in the spring. So that's coming up for us here pretty soon in April. Um, but we do have a handful of meets scheduled throughout the year to, to kind of get them ready. So obviously, like you mentioned, it's not like track where you, you could have a competition, you know, every month or every weekend. Um, Cause it, it does take a, a lot uh, on the body. Um, so in general, they'll, they'll be, anywhere from two to four meets for the year. Uh, So we are kind of a year-round sport. Um, You know, if they're not competing in the summer, that's that's really their true off season that they have. If they're
0: not, um, you know,
1: doing those three, four meets during the year, so.
0: So then how does that then impact what you do with the other athletes, right? Because I think that it's something that at times can be easily transferable, but almost as easily confused where we're running down that rabbit hole with a cross country team or some tennis kids, you know?
1: Yeah, so, you know, you might, I, I get, I guess the stereotype of oh, he's just a powerlifting coach because that's the first title um, that I have. Um, but just because my powerlifting is focusing on the main three big squat, bench and deadlift, like I'm not doing that with my other teams, you know, I'm, I'm training them to be athletes. Um, you know, I may, may keep it um, much simpler with some of those teams like cross country and tennis versus, um, my track team or lacrosse team do a little bit different. Um, but you know, will we do some of those movements with those athletes, absolutely um maybe some more variations of it but um, that's not like something that i'm hammering them about because um, at the end of the day they're they're trying to be athletic and uh, they're just squat bench and deadlift like that's not going to cut it you know um they've got to be able to to move well um,
0: right. and do different different movements so so then let's talk about the powerlifting team. Cause you said you actively recruit. Let's talk about that process. Cause this is something, you know, like, cause strength coaches always say, well, like, you know if you want someone better, you know just recruit better athletes. And it's like, well, now we've got a strength coach who's recruiting and, and, and the other joke, right? It's just like, well, I mean, if, if you could recruit people that all benched great and squatted great, it'd be different. Well, Guillermo, that's what you do. Yeah. Yeah. Um,
1: and it's definitely not the easiest thing, uh, especially, uh, this past year, uh, with COVID just spending, uh, numerous amounts of hours, phone calls, zoom calls, FaceTimes, what have you. Um, you know, I, as far as like recruiting, um, you know, I, I, I'm pretty familiar with what states kind of have powerlifting organizations. So I'll kind of start there and, um, you know, there's some great databases online that I can search just to see kind of what kids have done. Um, And then I think the challenge with that too is just, again, going back to those states, some of these kids have only done their high school organization. So there's no like, you know, like football, there's huddle. You know, you can't just put your game film up there. Um, so I have to like search these kids' social medias and be like, do you have anything on there? See what their, uh, their movement is like, their form and everything. Um, you know, there's definitely just different challenges. And then on top of that, uh, just being able to try and connect with them. If they do have a coach, uh, obviously talking to the coach, be like, hey, how does this kid work with you um, if they don't? Because some kids are doing it on their own. Um, you know, what, what program are you running? What are you doing? Um, especially, I think, nowadays with social media, it's, it's definitely helped and hurt the sport at the same time, uh, in my opinion, um, just because, uh, you know, just being a young 16, 17, 18-year-old, you're gonna to wanna to follow what um, you know the top 10 lifters are doing. And I guess what they don't understand is like they're kind of jumping around from program to program um, and kind of all over the place, I guess, so um, am I looking for the best kids to come here? Yes, um, but there's certainly a lot of other factors that I look into uh, to see if they're wanting to, to come into our program. Um, well, you know, are, go ahead.
0: No, 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 go ahead. Go.
1: Um, you know, just are they coachable? Again, um, you know, if they do have a coach, just being able to talk to them and see what their personality is like. Um, if they don't, you know, that's that's kind of the challenging part. So I, I don't really have any reference. I might be able to talk to their parents, um, but it's not like I'm going around and, and seeing kind of what they're like so that definitely has its challenges and then obviously academics um for me as a as a sport coach i think my number one priority is do i want to win yes but um you know they're coming here for an education and i want them to you know get their degree and have a good uh, academic uh experience so
0: no 100 percent, and i think that the ultimate challenge with that is that you're going to have kids who if they haven't had a coach think they know what's best and have been bouncing around trying to do whoever they see doing something crazy or whatever Louis says to do this week. (laughs) And not understanding that if you're 16 years old, like you might not necessarily be ready for what they're doing.
1: Exactly. And, uh, you know, that's, that's something that I try to explain to them once they enter in our program. Um, you know, now going on year three here. uh, I think a lot of the kids who've already been here have a better understanding of kind of what my expectations are, what kind of my process looks like. Um, because I think, again, coming as a freshman, it's like, hey, I know X, Y, and Z. Um, you know, you might have been competing for the last four years, but in reality, that doesn't, that doesn't mean a whole lot. It's like there's a lot of ins and outs, especially uh, if they've never competed in the USAPL. There's, again, so many technical rules and this and that. And it's like, I, I have to deal with that, especially on, on meet day, like, um, and then leading up to those meets, it's like, kids want to max out, you know, especially if they're newer to the program, it's like, no, we got to kind of leave some in the tank, you know, let's save that for meet day. Um, I believe Ed Cohn once said, you know, you only have so many singles in, in your life. Why are you going to waste it on a training session? You know leave it on the platform so
0: so when you're dealing with those types of situations right and i think that that's one that crosses into a lot of different areas the whole idea of like kids need to understand at times to pump their brakes and that doing what's cool might not be what's best how are some ways that you've worked with them because i mean really like What's different in your sport than other sports is, A, it is the sport, and B, they're going to be handling loads way bigger than most college athletes when they're doing this. Um, And you have some that are geared to, like, even more, um, you know, what then are you what are some strategies and some sex some successful ways that you've been able to communicate what you just said to them you know that that we got to pump the brakes and save it for game day
1: yeah um i have to just reiterate to them and it, it's such a cheesy like thing to say but powerlifting is not a sprint it's a marathon um so it, you know what they do in practice is going to help, you know, them perform on meet day. Um, but I always thought to explain it as, as they're coming in, like, okay, like we got to think what we're going to do in year one, and then where we're going to be in year four. Um, you know, I, I have a really good uh, sophomore right now. He. He's put on tremendous numbers within just the first year. But he also has to understand that, okay, it's year two now. We had some of these huge, you know, quote unquote, like newbie gains. We're not going to be as successful that from year one, to year two, two to three, like we're not going to have this, the same amount of, uh, you know, gains that we did in year one are we going to have them? Yes, but it's, it's definitely not as going to be as big just because now we're going to have to learn how to, to work with them and, and kind of individualize things even more to get them to, to get bigger numbers and handle more loads. Uh, So I've done that and they've, you know, they're pretty good about getting that. It might take a few times for me to explain it to them, but um you know it's not going to happen instantly and I think again going back to social media they want instant gratification um and power powerlifting is definitely not one of those sports where you know success or gains or any of that happens overnight it's going to take a long time to to keep doing it, especially you know with this sport I, I tell them all the time it's Fortunately for them, they can do this after they graduate. Um, unlike other sports where they may only have four or five years to, to play it, and then they're done,
0: so. Yeah, and I think that the next question slash rabbit hole I, I'd like to run down is like, how do you identify those things? What are some ways that you identify how to individualize this work That you're doing with these young people and then on top of that how much does your own training career impact their willingness to listen
1: um so with them you know i'll I'll have kind of a general plan um you know i've had conversations with each one individually okay like where where do we get stuck on this lift you know is it The bottom of the lift is it halfway is it towards the top like you know on bench press and then from there I can um you know differentiate some of the accessory or supplemental lifts uh to put into the program um as you know everyone might be benching on one day but it might be uh different for each person individually um just so I can for for my sake it's like okay, I, I don't have one person deadlifting, one person squatting and another person benching because then it's just chaos. Plus from an organization and equipment standpoint, um, that's easiest. But then again, I'm, I'm individualizing that program. Um, you know, it, I would say just for, for myself, I'm, I'll admit I'm definitely not a top lifter by any means. I'm, you know, I would say average. I mean, some of these kids are definitely stronger than myself. So like, you know, when I got my super heavyweight, like out totaling me by like 300 pounds, you know, they might be like, oh, well, coach isn't that strong. You know, that might be their mindset. But, you know, like, like I said, it's going back to them. They're like I've had X amount of years of experience, you know, I've done so many meets, um, you know, and kind of know, uh, like what to do, if we need to make any changes for you to improve, um, if we need to make any adaptations on meat day. Um, and I learned that, you know, kind of from my previous coach that I worked with, um, kind of how to manage meat day. And, um, I think that's led to some of the success that we've had already in our program. So, um, I think it just takes some of that experience for them to go through to understand it. Again, they're not going to they're not going to get that right away. Um, but once they they see, okay, coach knows what he's doing. Um, not to toot my own horn, but then they that's when like I guess the buy-in comes in. Um, we talk about buy-in as strength condition coaches so much, but I, I think it's a similar process here that it's going to take some time. It's going to take experience for kids to go through that and understand it. Um, it's not going to be right away and it's not something you can force on them.
0: Yeah. And I also think that meet day would probably be interesting as a strength coach because more often than not, we're just the high five butt slap warm up guys, you know, like, you're not the individual actually dictating the whole thing and making sure things are rolling oh yeah it's
1: definitely has its challenges um i i've told them i'm like i'd rather be competing because um when i compete you know i have people managing me um you know they're wrapping my knees they're um, seeing what the order is, like in terms of how many people out, um, uh, until it's my turn, they're loading the plates for me in the warmup room. Like I'm, I'm just doing my thing, listening to music. And then when it's my turn to lift, I lift. Um, obviously I, I do the same thing for them, uh, on meet day, but when I'm a one man show and I have several, uh, lifters competing that day, it's, definitely a lot harder. Um, and then especially when we're up against competition and just kind of keeping note of everyone else's lifts and just kind of seeing where we're at. And, uh, there is some strategy to that. Um, it's not just like, Oh, okay, this is what weight we're going to do. It's like knowing, okay, here's our opener, you know, and then kind of going from there, having some backup plans if something goes wrong, that sort of thing. And, and. Just strategizing the the entire day. So
0: no, but that's cool because that's totally different than what most of our normal game day routine would be.
1: Oh yeah. I mean, like for, for them it's they got a two hour two hour weigh in and then you know, you gotta get them going, warming up. Again, I that's helping them out trying to minimize any energy expenditure on their end and just like okay go go do that on on the platform um you know it's it's a lot different i guess compared to other sports
0: so no but it's cool and i think that it's kind of like the antithesis of what the rest of us deal with and where we're at and and what this little area and sport that we all love to work in it has come from right is it's been really you know a bunch of different people taking strength sport and somehow molding it to work in athletics and people taking the good the bad the indifferent and having their own twists and turns with it however you may want to say it and it's it's neat to see that there's they're finding more value in strength sport that they're going to start to incorporate it in college level athletics. Oh yeah.
1: Um, you know I mean just on the athletic side too like I said like I'm, I'm not going to train my those kids like powerlifters, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to take some principles from the powerlifting side and apply it. Um, and I mean, you mentioned strength sports and, uh, you know, you, you take some strongman stuff too, into the uh, performance side of things too. Obviously not <clears throat> um, all the time, but, you know, you can incorporate here and there carries and things like that. So just to make it fun.
0: Yeah, 100%. And, like, we don't even need to get into the weightlifting, you know, rabbit hole with the snatch and the clean and jerk, which, you know, I mean, that's just a a whole other topic for another day. But, again, it's another sport that has been utilized in performance since, really, like, since Husker power, right? I mean, that's where you could probably say a bunch of it started. But, no, man, I think that that's really cool. And I think that's an awesome... Unique scenario and situation to be in. And I, I also think that what's cool is like, you know, the fact that you do put out content with you training and you showing what, you know, y'all do and everything. So, where can people keep up with what you're doing, Guillermo?
1: Yeah. Um, so, if you want to follow me personally, um, I have Instagram. That's probably the, where I put the most content on, but it, uh, it's at GMO68. Um, and then uh, my Twitter account, um, Coach G Blanco. Um, if you wanted to follow the team, check us out, see what we're doing on Instagram. We're uh, at McHenry Powerlifting. And then our Twitter page is at McKendry PL.
0: Love it, man. Absolutely awesome. Keep up the great work, brother. This is, uh, this is sensational stuff. I can't thank you enough for your time. And, and I love it, man. I love that you guys are, growing the sport and doing great things down there and and rooting hard for you man because this is uh this is really neat yeah
1: i really appreciate you having me on here and thank you for your time
0: Uh, yeah man Well, we'll be in touch real soon Guillermo thank you very much thank you cheers man